Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads in Rockford, Illinois. Now let's join Pastor Jared with today's message. Judges chapter 6. Let's pray. And uh, let's just ask the Lord to speak to us through his word, and I believe that he will. Lord God, um, we come to you today so grateful that you sustain us, you walk with us, and you are able to supply our every need according to your riches and glory. So, Lord, as we we look to your word today, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would reveal its truth. You would encourage us, Lord God, as it is spoken. And we pray, Lord God, that we would have ears to hear. And may those um, things that we have picked up along the way during the week, Lord, that... um, are just a part of the ongoings of our society right now. May they just be marginalized. And may this be all about you and what you want to do in us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Judges uh, chapter 6, verse 12. Let me uh, just read that to you to give you some context. It it, uh, says this, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now this is uh, Gideon in Gideon's story. And we're kind of landing here this morning because I think in some regards there is uh, kind of a parallel moments in time with what Gideon was going through and what we are going through as a people. You know, I've been asked the question, you know, so many times over the last few months, you know, you know, what in the world is going on? What do you think God is doing? What, what direction are things heading? And my conviction in it all is this, that as we see all the things that we can see with the natural eye, God is at work in a significant way in this moment in history. And because of that, though I have a a level of concern and am praying for an outcome that would glorify God, I am doing so in a way that those things are not burdens that rule or control my life because I know that God is at work. And in fact, I, I, I believe that it's a privilege to be living in this time. Because here's the reality. We are living in in, in a moment where history is unfolding and we know that these moments are moments that are going to lead to the coming of our Lord. We don't know the time, we don't know the day, we don't know the hour, but we know this. We are living in significant times that are drawing us closer to that moment when He will return. And because of that, I believe it's a privilege to be living right now. I believe it is a privilege. But I believe that to be prepared and to be ready and to be a part of 
what the Lord is doing in our day. There is a work that we must allow Him to do in us. There's, there's, there's a work that is revealed in the life of Gideon that applies to us in the same way that it applied to him. And it's this. In the midst of chaos and destruction, which is what uh, Gideon was going through, if, you, if you're not familiar with the story, uh, I'll remind you that uh, his nation was under attack, uh, their, 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 their produce and their their, their goods were being drug off by the Midianites, and in the moment, Gideon is hiding. He's not a part of the solution, but rather he's kind of cowering in fear. But in that moment, there is, there, there is a transformation that takes place, and there are these, these unforgettable words of the angel of the Lord that have spoken to him, you mighty man of valor. And in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the destruction, in the middle of the plundering, in in, in the middle of a a moment that was overwhelming to the degree that Gideon says, I don't have anything to offer, I am not going to rise up, but rather I am going to cower, the angel says, you are a mighty man of valor. And and then that's, that's significant to understand, it's significant to comprehend, because it reminds us that in our lowest moments, the Lord is able to meet us, and the work that he wants to do within us is a work that changes us, it's a work that transforms us, and that work that he was doing of that nature in Gideon in that moment was to change his identity, because Gideon was functioning under an idea in his mind of who he was. And when the angel of the Lord spoke to him and said, you mighty man of valor, he was calling out the potential that existed and that had been placed within him. But it's important to not stop the process right there. See, I believe that like Gideon, you know, there, there is an identity and a purpose within each one of us that the Lord has placed within us for such a time as this. But it's not just about recognizing it, but rather it is about realizing it under the power of God. Because that is what had been absent from Gideon's life in the moment. The angel points to his potential, says, you are a mighty man of valor, But he also was reminding him that he could not become a mighty man of valor outside of the power of God. And it is that encounter and that work of the Lord that took Gideon from a place of hiding to a place of delivering his people. It's a power of change and transformation that was facilitated by the power of God. We see it in Gideon's life and we can expect it in our lives too because That is a work that God does. So here's here's the word of encouragement today. You know, maybe recent events have kind of rattled you. Maybe. You know, I know I had some moments where I was like, you know what, Lord, I don't like this very much. (laughs) You know, this this is really kind of uh, pushing the limits. We're not called to live there. Rather, we're called to allow the power of God to work in us so that we can fulfill our identity 
and our calling and our purpose. Gideon's life reminds us that to reestablish our identity, we need the power of God at work in us. So here's how we can sum up this moment in Gideon's life. Gideon discovering his identity through that encounter with the angel unlocked his destiny. Gideon discovering his identity unlocked his destiny. Think about that for a minute. There is a a part of our identity that is rooted in the old life. It's the way we view ourselves. It's the way that we respond to circumstances. There are patterns that we have learned, things that we live out, and, and we just kind of think this is a part of who I am. It's my makeup, my design. But when... When we receive that free gift of salvation, which is given to us, what does the word say, by the power of God, okay, our identity begins to change. And as we walk with Christ, a significant part of what he does in us, just like he did in Gideon, is getting rid of the old identity and mindset that we are used to and walking in the identity and the purpose that only God can give us. And when we try to do both, there is a a significant battle that takes place. And we kind of live in a chaos. We kind of live in an uncertainty. We kind of live in this place where we find it hard to determine what is up and what is down and what direction to go. And the angel says to Gideon, you know what, I'm going to call out what God has put into you and by his power, you are going to begin to walk in it. God wants to do that in all of his children. And that requires a change of direction sometimes. And I don't know about you, but I know that I have found that my journey with the Lord has been just a series of ongoing course corrections, right? I mean, you follow Him the best that you can, the best you know how, the best that you are hearing, you know, and then we always arrive at these moments where the Lord in His grace and His mercy meets us and He helps us and He nudges us in a new direction, You know what, I feel as though the Lord is doing that right now on a large scale. We've already talked in weeks prior about how you know, God is at work and He is protecting His church, but he is, he, is, he is staging His church, I believe, you know, to, to move into a new season. to see the gospel proclaimed, to see more people coming to faith in him. So a change of direction is a part of the 
the power of, of, of change that, that works in us in moments like this. And we can see that demonstrated in the life of Paul. I'll go ahead and read it for you just to save a little bit of time, but you can write it down. It's Acts chapter 16, verses 9 and 10. And Luke records as he writes the book of Acts that, um, that Paul had a vision in the night and a, a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately, Luke writes, we sought to go to Macedonia concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Sometimes this work of change and sometimes this process of the Lord drawing out of us those things that He has put within us necessitates a change of direction in the form of an interruption. You know, that's what was happening there for Paul. If you read you know, the chapters before there and, and kind of look at that missionary journey, we know that Paul was trying to go to certain places and he was just stopped. He couldn't go. There was a closed door. And, and then we have this moment where there's a dream and a vision in the night with the Macedonian man. And it changed the direction he was headed. And I love how precise Luke is in his recording of it he uses the word immediately. <laughs> immediately. It just kind of reminds me that sometimes as God is speaking to us, we come under the notion that we, we need to see the full picture before we take the first step. When you know those who have gone before us and those who are recorded within the Scriptures, they mirror this response of Paul in the sense that we heard, God set a direction, and we took our first step immediately. So there's this a change of direction, <clears throat> and um, I want to offer to us that the change of direction that the Lord works in our lives is not always physical like it was for Paul. I mean, he literally was going in one direction on a road, and he was going to go another direction. But there's this this um, change of direction that can, can happen in other areas of our lives that are important. And in fact, I think that these pandemic circumstances are maybe revealing some other ways that the Lord is working change of direction in our lives. Because oftentimes, before we can make a physical change of direction, there needs to be a mental and emotional or a spiritual change <clears throat> of direction. See, these, these patterns that we inherit from the old life are things that, 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 that we follow as we deal with the issues of life. And they become routine. They become normal. They become the way that we respond. And then we face something that requires a different response and we try to, to, to respond to it in the same way. We try to follow the old path. We try to, 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 to do what we know to do, and it doesn't work. And I was just kind of doing some reading and, and uh, part of some webinars and things like that during this pandemic, and uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, he, he put something out there for uh, you know, pastoring in the midst of crisis. 
and he was underscoring this point that every person within our congregations has a normal roadmap for how they deal with life. And then we go through something that brings a, a level of radical change like a pandemic. And, and what we're dealing with in those moments is so much more substantial than what we deal with in normal moments. And we try to respond to them in the same way, the same pattern. And when we do that, we're unsuccessful. And then like a, a computer that is kind of, of, of locking up, there's an error message that is raised. Or like um, someone that is just uh, continually hitting a roadblock, we, we would register an alarm or an error saying, this isn't working, this isn't working, this isn't working. And we become frustrated and confused and we don't know what to do. Part of the way through that. is to ask the Lord what He would have you to do to get through what is in front of you. And it may not look like what you have done to get through the things that are behind you. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we reset? Well, we don't reset alone. It's the value of fellowship. Time in the Word. And then there's a choice that we have to make in all of it. And as we continually feel these challenges, we can respond this way. We can respond with confusion and anger and frustration and things that kind of cause us to withdraw. And we just get mad at the world and mad at ourselves. And then we're stuck spinning our wheels. Or... We can shift our focus. We can press into God. We can look to see what He is doing. We can aim to partner with Him and, and, and make that the first step forward. And like Paul, we can immediately make that step. Like Nehemiah who wept over the condition of Jerusalem when he heard of it being torn down. We can press into God and we can weep and we can seek the answer for that thing that is in front of us. And no matter what that looks like for each and every one of us, the path through is the same. We follow Christ. We hold tight to what is sacred and we hold everything else loosely. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to cling to Him and the truth of His Word and the confirmation that He gives me in regards to direction and everything else becomes secondary. Because sometimes God's most significant work is done within the context of adjustment, interruption, and a change of direction. So my friends, don't fear, but rather look to discover what God is doing. It has been uh, an interesting time. And uh, we need one another to get through this process. And one of the greater frustrations that I had over the last couple of months was 
the way that the church was being viewed. Because we were, we were lumped into a category with bars and theaters and sporting arenas. And I, I told many of our city leaders on more than one occasion, you have handcuffed us. You've marginalized the church when you should be mobilizing us because we are the first line of defense, the second responders. first responders are those EMTs and those who come and they stop the bleeding. But you know, when the healing process begins, it is the unique work of the church to dispense the grace of God in those moments because we know what it looks like to be healed and we know the healer. So that's why I'm optimistic about the days that we live in because I believe that God is preparing his church to be used in a way that accomplishes more than we can probably see in this moment. So you might be saying, I know God has something for me, but I get in the way, I don't quite know how how to get across the finish line. And I'll just close with a quick word of encouragement because there's a promise that the Lord has made to all of his children that is relevant to everyone who has put their faith in him. Write it down and look at it later, Ephesians 4, 7. I love this verse. But to each one of us, and let me just pause right there, the promise that is coming is not for a a backstage pass only kind of crowd or a VIP kind of crowd, but rather it's for all of us. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So, you know, change reminds us. Shifting circumstances remind us of of, of where our faith needs to be anchored. And that when we press into God and when we look to Him, there is a measure of grace available to each and every one of us that is limitless. It's according to the measure of Christ. So no matter the work, no matter the circumstance, no matter the change in Christ, we have a sufficient grace that is available to us to meet the challenge. And it's been given according to His measure. Be encouraged in that today. I was in my basement this weekend in my workshop, and I had my workbench there, and I looked down, and there were, you know, three or four different tape measures that had been placed there. I don't know where they came from. It, it, I, I took it as, uh, you know, one of the kids needed a tape measure, and it finally made its way home. 
you know. None of you look for tools at your house and can't find them, right? Yeah, everything's always right where you put it. You know, but I looked at uh, those tape measures and, you know, I got one on the smaller side. It's, you know, a 12-footer and then I got another one a little bit bigger. It's a 25-footer and, and then I got this round one that doesn't retract, but it, it's 150 feet and it's for the big jobs and, and whatever. And I, I kind of looked down at those tape measures and I was thinking about this grace being given according to the measure of Christ. But you know, there's moments in my life where I need a 12-foot or a 25-foot or 150-foot and that kind of limits the capacity of what I am able to accomplish. Because I don't have every resource and I don't have every tool on my workbench. But Christ does. His ability to supply our need is limitless and he's not restricted to the degree that we are because his grace is poured out according to his measure and i thought you know what lord thank you for that no matter what i do no matter what i go through what i need is found in you So I don't know about you, but I know that sometimes music brings the best application to my life. The words of a song tend to drive the truth home and plant it deep within. And we're going to exercise that reality as we leave. So why don't you stand with me? We're going to sing a song that reminds us of the significance of being in Christ. And Pastor Marty is going to lead us, and then we'll close in prayer. But as we sing and as we ponder these things, let's allow the Spirit of Christ to minister to us and to help us. alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of when fears are still, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand, in Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross says jesus died the wrath of god was satisfied for every sin 
was laid and here in the death of Christ I live there in the ground his body In glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me. For I am his, and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand no guilt in life no fear in death this is the power of Christ in me Life's first cry to final breath. Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man could ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Here in the power of Christ I stand. So why don't you just quiet your hearts before the Lord and in whatever way you need His power to be at work in you. Make that request known. Humble yourself before Him. Make Him your focus, your all in all. You know, and you might be here today and you might need to take that first step of just making Him your Lord and your Savior. You just kind of say, you know what, I know I need His, his work in my life. I I know that I need a change of direction. It's a work that we are unable to do in and of ourselves. But it begins by confessing Him as Lord. Asking Him to forgive us of our sins. And committing to follow Him. If you're here today and you'd say, you know what, I need to take that first step. I just ask you to raise your hand and We'll pray a prayer with you just to establish that commitment and that walk with Him. I just want to give that moment. You know what I need to make Christ my Lord and my Savior. So Lord, we thank You for this time that we have spent together. Lord, thank You for all that You have done over the course of this weekend. 
I pray that as we go, may we go in your grace and your peace. I pray that you would watch over us and keep us. And I pray, Lord God, that you would help us in this moment and in every moment of need that we have as we turn to you. So we commit ourselves to that end. And we thank you that your love and your mercy and your grace are abundant. In Jesus' name. Go with the grace of our Lord. We're going to open the doors. You can feel dismissed to leave. and Just encourage you that if you want to uh, you know, linger and converse, it is beautiful outside. That's a great place to do it. And, uh, and just kind of dismiss yourself. And uh, thank you for being here. We love you. God bless. Thanks again for joining us on our podcast today. And we hope this has been a blessing in your life. We would love to have you join us for a service in person. Our service times are on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. God bless you.